Hey movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Untreated Media Podcast. This is episode 102. So Josh is a little preoccupied this week, so I just gave him the week off. He'll be back next week. Um, But just a friendly reminder that on Wednesday, he and I both will be dropping our Fantastic Four pitch-off episodes. We're both super excited and very super proud of the video um, I haven't seen his, he hasn't seen mine, we don't know what to expect. They're both going to be dropping at exactly the same time. So how Pitch Off is going to go is uh, we both have pitched our full-fledged story ideas for how a Fantastic Four movie in the MCU would go. And we want you to decide who the winner is. Um, so we're both super excited, be looking for that come Wednesday. Um, so since he's not here this week, I'm going to cover the news, but thankfully... I was able to find a very special guest to join me for the main discussion. My lovely wife, Heather. So, Heather will be joining us for the discussion, in which case we'll be talking about the future and the current situations of movie theaters. She is, believe it or not, probably more equipped than I am to discuss the current situations when it comes to movie theaters and kind of why they're in trouble and what the future could look like for that dynamic um so yeah that's our discussion but before we get into any of that we got some news and of course more than anything it's delay city yet again as almost the entire mcu slate has been delayed again um as Black Widow was supposed to come out in November, and it is now being released in 2021. I'm not sure specifics. Um, I think March or May. I'm not entirely sure. But ever since Black Widow got delayed, almost everything else has now been delayed as well. We have Falcon Winter Soldier now coming out in 2021. We now have Eternals moving from May 2021 to November 2021 so it was supposed to come out in november this year it's been pushed back with all of its many delays eternals has been pushed back an entire year so that should be i don't know what to make of that um but shang chi also has been delayed but that only got delayed two months which is interesting so now the actual order is out of order as well which is kind of bizarre but at the same time rather interesting uh the other significant delay is the one that Heather was more excited for than I was, but I know there's a lot of people that are curious about this one, is Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, which was when 2020 was still a year of optimism and potential. We were going to get the Uncharted movie and West Side Story in the same day. Like Heather and I joked about, well, push comes to shove. Which one are we going to see first? Because she's a West Side Story person, and I think it's pretty self-explanatory where I stand. Um... But now Uncharted is coming out supposedly in October of next year. And now West Side Story has been bumped a full year to December 2021. This sucks. And we'll get into it more in our main discussion. But this ultimately really, really hurts the movie theaters themselves as well as the studios. I know the studios are taking a hit because they're not making any box office money. But right now the theaters are hurting too because no one's going to the theaters. And I know movie theater strategy, movie studio strategy right now is, well, we'll just delay it until people go back to the theater. Something, someone's going to have to cave first. People, part of the reason people aren't going to the movies right now is they're scared. They don't know if movie theaters are safe. And I completely get that. I think another big part of the reason though is there's nothing worth seeing in theaters. People are going, well, Tenet flops. Uh, so people are too scared to go to the theaters. 
Tenant didn't do well because it wasn't received well. People didn't like Tenant to the level that they thought they would. So there's been some pushback on it. Um, you know what's actually surprising some expectations, both um, on demand and theatrically? Bill and Ted face the music. I will keep singing that movie's praise because it's the movie that 2020 needs. Um, but that's doing halfway decent. One, because it wasn't this over-the-top theatrical spectacle, but it also has received a lot better than Tenant. It's sitting at like 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, which isn't perfect, but it's a lot better than a lot of expected a Bill and Ted sequel 20 years later to be. I think right now, the best shot for movies to save the theatrical experience is not your Eternals or your Black Widows. It's your movies that are going to cost about 10 to $30 million dollars that might recoup their money over time that have decent word of mouth movies that don't necessarily need to need to make a big profit because for a while there we're not going to have big profit movies or just big profit in general for movies um we need smaller scale movies to do well but also we need people to feel safe at the movies i've been a couple times and have the movie theaters that we've gone to i feel safe but i don't fault those that haven't gone that don't feel safe yet that's your right. I totally understand. Um, but I think another part of it is not having quality movies to go see. And if movie theaters, movie studios keep delaying their releases, it's only going to keep hurting. Of If you keep delaying the release of your movie, you may not have a theater to go back to. So these delays suck. Um, and I get it from a business standpoint because the movie studios want to make as much money as possible. But I think that at some point there needs to be kind of like an olive branch between studios and theaters going... You need us, we need you, together we need to find a solution for the problem that we're both going through right now. And it kind of seems like the two of them are like trying to survive on their own. It's easier to survive when you're in a group than by yourself. And I, I don't know if studios and theaters are on the same page. Like they are always kind of frenemies usually but right now they need each other more than anything else and it seems like the studios don't care about the theaters when in reality they really really should because if we don't have theaters you're not going to have big huge budget movies anymore um that that could just be blown out of proportion we'll talk more about it in the discussion but um yeah this these delays suck because the movies we were excited for i was excited for black widow kind of i not really, now that I think about it. Um, it was a decent-looking movie. I still think it should have come out five years ago. Eternals had some interesting promise. Can't say I was excited for West Side Story, but the fact that it's just like, okay, we're excited for these movies, and now they're gone. It doesn't bode well for confidence of the only way you know for a fact the movie is in the, like is actually out is when you're in the seat watching it with your own eyes. Until then... Nothing is off the table in terms of just throwing it out the window, which sucks, but I get it from a studio perspective, but at, I think at some point we're going to have to get a middle ground of, okay, we're not going to have new releases, then theaters, you can have some of our old movies that we haven't shown in a while, go back to your comeback classics, maybe that can get more people in, but again, we'll save that for the main discussion. Um, Speaking of Disney and Marvel... We have Mr. Sweary Pants himself, Samuel L. Jackson, is reportedly reprising his role as Nick Fury in an upcoming Disney Plus series. Now, the big what if here, <laughs> see what I, what I did there, because, you know, 
what if is a series animated series coming to Disney Plus, whatever. Um, the big what if that I haven't gotten definitive clarification on here is, is this a Nick Fury series or is Samuel L. Jackson just rep- reprising his role as Nick Fury in a Disney Plus series? I've seen headlines saying both because to me there's a big difference there. If you have a show that has Nick Fury in it, that's fine. But if you tell me we're having a Nick Fury series, like he, where he is a main focal point, I am much more interested in that. That sounds awesome. That sounds so much fun. It sounds like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., how it was supposed to be. I bag on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. really did get the raw end of the deal in a lot of ways because, one, the movie studio and the TV studio hated each other and... Despite the fact that TV studio desperately wanted to be connected to the movies, the movies never wanted to be connected to the TV show at all. That's why we were never going to see the Defenders tied into the Avengers. Um, uh, so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like the people behind Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't get along with the movies, and the movies didn't get along with them. To the point that it almost felt, feels like they sabotaged Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right off the bat. Because like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was supposed to be the story of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents... Well, at the end of the very first season, what comes along but Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which literally destroys all of S.H.I.E.L.D., saying S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist anymore, and you're going, well, um, that's the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing there, or the left hand doesn't like what the right hand is doing, so he stabs the right hand, um, but if you tell me, like, this fully has Kevin Feige's backing, as Captain America said in the Winter Soldier, um, no, it, as Tony said in the Avengers, uh, he's Nick Fury. He's the spy. His secrets have secrets. That sounds like a really cool story. Like, the ultimate spy. I, I'm not going to lie. I would be more excited for a Nick Fury show than the Black Widow movie just because I think Nick Fury is a much more interesting character. Like, I feel like we've we've gotten Black Widow's story over time. She's evolved from the, uh, the first Avengers all the way to Endgame. Um, I don't mind that she's getting a movie. I think she should have been the first um, female in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to get a movie, not Captain Marvel. Um, it just feels a little too late. Whereas Nick Fury, we know some things about him, and yes, Samuel Jackson's age may play a factor here, but I feel like there's a lot that we haven't explored when it comes to Nick Fury that could be really, really interesting and really, really fun. It would also be curious of what timeline we do this in like is it going to be current era nick fury when he's a little bit older or is it going to be we may have some de-aging effects like we had in the first captain marvel movie and he is a younger samuel L. jackson um a lot of questions is this a nick fury show is this a show featuring nick fury young nick fury old nick fury what's it gonna be um I'm I'm excited by the prospect of this. I still think Samuel Jackson is one of the best casting choices I've ever made, and that's saying something because MCU casts well. But um, I loved his casting. I'm glad to see him take on a more prominent role than just a glorified cameo in most of the movies. I I think this is cool. I just have a lot of questions about what is the direction and get some more clarification more than anything else. Not bad. Just need some more answers. That's something I am really excited about now wasn't before but am now is the black adam movie so i have been kind of anti this movie for a while just because i'm not the biggest rock fan i like him as a person he seems pretty cool um seems very very pleasant but he to me he's 
very often the same character in every single movie and doesn't really get outside of his range. Um, whereas Black Adam is definitely a villain. And I would like to see Rock be a villainous role. Um, I just don't know how villainous he'll be. But what got me very excited about Black Adam was when The Rock officially announced that the Justice Society would be joining him in this movie. So for those that don't know, the Justice Society is like the old school Justice League of like um, Dr. Fate, um, Hawkman, Jake Garrick, the original Flash, um, Our Man, um, a whole bunch of old school superheroes that you can currently see them on, I believe, Stargirl features a lot of the Justice Society. Um, so we already had Noah Centineo cast as Adam Smasher, and now we can add another member to the cast in Aldous Hodge in the role of, I'm assuming, Carter Hall, better known as Hawkman. I say assuming because Hawkman, Hawkman has probably one of the most confusing and disorienting origins slash mythology in like all of DC Comics. Like, I'm not even going to pretend to know carter hall's story i know kind of it um but even the writers over time have like tried to like cobble together the pieces into one coherent timeline and even then it falls apart of like at one point in history he was like a alien from the planet thanagar another time he had like an egyptian curse and um he regenerates over time and he reincarnates into different forms as carter hall it's kind of complicated but um I've always liked the character of Hawkman. I love the design. Um, and I love the casting so, so much. I know some people, some horrible, horrible people out there are just going, he's the wrong skin color. Why is a black guy playing Hawkman? Why are we race-bending Hawkman? Okay, first of all, this guy's a brilliant actor. It doesn't matter what race he is. Um, I am in the minority, and I will fully acknowledge that the reasons why I don't like the movie has nothing to do with the quality of the movie, but I did not really love The Invisible Man, but I understand that that's probably because I'm one of like the only few people out there that's a diehard Invisible Man OG original movie with Claude Rains fan. Um, it's a good horror movie, it's just a bad Invisible Man movie. However, his character in The Invisible Man was by far my favorite, and his performance was awesome. So as soon as I saw this, I was like... Oh, gosh, yes. And take it to the race thing. If Hawkman is supposed to have Egyptian origins, spoiler alert, he's not a white guy. We're not going to go full gods of Egypt again and have Brenton Thwaites and uh, Gerard Butler and a whole bunch of other white people pretend to be Egyptians. Egyptians weren't white people. Um, But also, if we go with the Thanagar route of he's some alien from another planet... Why does he have to be white? He's an alien. He can be whatever color he wants to be. I don't see race being a factor in this at all. I see talent. And granted, the sample size is very small. I've only seen him in Invisible Man. Um, if Josh was here, I believe he was on... Um, oh. Not Channel Zero. Um, but one of those shows with... Um, Anthony Mackie. Um, I'm really blanking on what it's called. But one of those like really weird um, type of shows. And it's supposed to he was really, really good in that. Um, from the limited experience that I've seen him in, he's phenomenal. And I really, really like this casting. I don't want to completely dismiss it. But when this happened, I was just like, that's cool. And because Hawkman's cool. 
got one of the coolest and most original designs in comics, um, and I'm excited for this casting, but it really makes me salivate for the opportunity of, okay, we've got Adam Smasher, we've got Black Adam, now we've got Hawkman. The million dollar question that I care about, who's playing Dr. Fate? Because I like me some Dr. Fate more so than like Hawkman. Like, I'm excited for Hawkman, Adam Smasher, I don't, I'm indifferent to. I think The Rock as Black Adam, despite my reservations, that's good casting, I think. But I care about Dr. Fate. I think this is good. But now I want to know who Dr. Fate is. And also, if you could confirm to me that Jake Garrick is in this movie, I would really like that too. Because I I like me some old school superheroes, and Jake Garrick's also very old school. Uh, just like Hawkman, and just like Dr. Fate. Which, for those that don't know, Dr. Fate is like Dr. Strange, except cooler. And uses more of ancient, like, Egyptian magic. Um who definitely has a history with Black Adam and Kondok. Um, so I think this casting is awesome. I kind of really hope that we get the classic like comic book suit of like the the cross across the chest with the emblem and everything because this dude jacked. Let him show off his awesome physique. Um, he's a great actor. Go all out with the costume. Give him the mask. Give him the awesome wings. I'm, I'm slowly but surely getting more excited for this Black Adam movie, even if I still have my reservations as The Rock, whether or not he'll go full heel with it or not. Um, sticking on the DC train, we've got a movie that I have no, made no qualms, and especially Josh has made no qualms about, that we're not necessarily the most excited for this movie, but this movie is not for us. And that, of course, is the Snyder Cut version of Justice League. Um... I hate Batman vs. Superman a lot, and I actually don't mind Justice League. I really don't. I know a lot of people hate on it. It has its mess. I absolutely agree. I think if Man of Steel and Batman vs. Superman are never made, and Justice League is just its own standalone movie, people would hate it a lot less. I think it's a Rise of Skywalker situation if it doesn't really mesh up with the previous movies, and that's why people really don't like it. Um, I'm not saying Justice League is perfect or even that coherent but you could tell that it was a frankenstein's monster created by multiple different people i still enjoy it and it still has some of my favorite superman moments um but as we know zack snyder is coming back to hbo max to do his finished version now apparently he's doing reshoots in october with some of the original actors like gal gadot ben affleck and ray fisher that that's a little up in the air i would like to think that he'll have ray fisher back but as a matter of will is Ray Fisher allowed to with the whole like legal proceedings? I, I don't know. It's a complicated situation right now. Um, one name that's notably absent is Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill is saying that he is not coming back for these reshoots. Um, like Whether that's a there's nothing that he needs to reshoot with Snyder or whatever else. Um, I'm of two minds of this. I know Josh would be much more critical, so I'll speak for him on this. This is not what he said. He said he had it done. Um, he shouldn't need to do any reshoots. Uh, he's just making up for the fact that his movie really wasn't finished. That That's my Josh impersonation. That's probably what Josh would say if he was here. Um, and to that I said, Josh, calm down. Um, here's why I think it's a more positive thing. Um, Snyder has been sitting on this movie for a while and didn't think he would have the chance to do reshoots. If this movie was coming out in theaters, theatrically, with him still at the helm, he would have been allowed to do reshoots. Any big budget movie nowadays has reshoots. It's just part of the process um, 
to ensure the best possible product. So he would have been given these reshoots no matter what if he was really doing this theatrically. So I don't think it's the worst thing. I think it's just part of the movie-making process. Also, he was working on this in 2016 and 2017. That's like four years ago. The dude has probably had some time to step back and go, hmm, I could probably make, tweak this scene to make it a little better. Or, from what I've heard, the reshoots are like a week or two. That doesn't sound like a lot of stuff. So maybe it's some pickup stuff of um, we could get some more coverage on this scene or shoot, reshoot it and either like play things out a little differently or make the dialogue stand out a little more. Um, I've seen a lot of people making a huge deal about this as any form of news about the Snyder Cut is a huge deal that, of course, is very polarizing. But um, I really don't see it as that big of a deal because a week or two reshoots are really not that bad. It's not like the original Justice League where everything got reshot, which, again, I like that Justice League movie, but the reshoots are very apparent. Um, But, yeah, I don't think these reshoots will be very extensive. It will be... Okay, I've sat on the scene for a while. I think we can go back and kind of clean it up a little bit, maybe add some better dialogue. I, Josh would probably say that he's going to change some stuff drastically, like try and set himself up for another movie of like, well, I got away with this. Maybe if I have an end tease, my fans will whine and complain enough to get me a sequel. I don't think that's what Snyder's doing here. I think he knows that he's going to f- be able to finish this movie. And maybe add a more definitive ending to this. Because I, I don't think he'll be getting like a Just League 2 or 3 that's just an HBO Max thing. I really don't. Um, I wouldn't hate it. I'd be happy for the Snyder fans out there. I'm just not one of them. But also I'm not going to hate people that like them. I could see the merit of liking them. And more than anything, I'm glad this movie is happening for Zack Snyder. He's not my favorite filmmaker by any stretch of the imagination. But he has sunk so much time into this universe and in this project in particular and the circumstances that surrounded this movie that I'm pulling for it to be good. Yes, I hated Batman vs. Superman, but I think every director has a bad day at the office, so maybe that was just his. But also, I never intentionally want a movie to be bad. I always want a movie, especially with these characters that I love so much, like Batman and especially Superman. I want that to do well, so I never want someone, especially like a Zack Snyder, to fail. I want this to be awesome. I don't necessarily have the most faith that it will be, but I I want this to happen for him because his cast and crew speak extremely highly of him. His movies aren't for everyone, and that's okay. Some movies aren't meant to be for everyone. I'm just glad he's able to finish this out. Um, I don't think these reshoots are going to change a whole lot of the movie, nor should it. Um, I think he's known for a while of what his overall story narrative is. Maybe these researchers kind of more put a definitive like, okay, this is this is our send off here, as opposed to leaving more open ended. But I don't know. I think I think he's probably just gonna tweak some stuff about like, okay, I could do this scene a little better, or um, add a line or two here, or whatever else. Um, and again, they've said that the budget for these reshoots is $70 million, which is on par with Joker's entire budget. So they clearly want this to drive up revenue for HBO Max, which, okay, you Snyder fans, y'all better actually pay for HBO Max. Because if I see some people, I don't care if you're DC fans or Marvel fans, if you pirate this movie, you are scum. Like... I don't care if it's because I already own HBO Max. I already have signed up for it. 
but if you have whined and complained that you want this movie, you better freaking support it and actually pay for the service each week and not just pirate it from somewhere because I know some people will do that and that just piracy really annoys me more than it should but especially this movie or series or whatever I feel like has a huge potential for piracy and that makes me sad because of how much time and effort and money is going into this and also because all these diehard fans are saying yeah we need this well then show up when it's your time that's all I'm asking you is um you don't have to love it just show up and pay for it more than anything just if you're gonna support it support it wholeheartedly because that's what good film fans should do they should be loyal to it like i'm not the biggest fan of his i'll be there i'll be paying for hbo max legally and i'll watch it like everyone else and i hope for the best i really do i want this to do well and i hope it does for him I hope it brings him the closure that he really needs for this series, if it is the end, and I hope he gets to see this out. If nothing else, this is his entire, wholly his vision, and I think that's awesome. You may not like it all the time, but hey, it's his vision entirely, and I respect him for that. Um, so our last news topic of the day is another DC-related topic, but I'm much more excited about this one. So uh, we had a DC fandom a few weeks ago, some official looks at the upcoming The Suicide Squad starring a whole bunch of famous people, but one person in particular that really grabbed a lot of people's attention in the trailer was John Cena as Peacemaker. So I should have, before this uh, episode started, I should have actually gotten it out. I actually had the very first ever issue of Peacemaker. Like, I got it in a whole bunch of comics that I got from my uncle a whole bunch of old school comics and I remember when they said Peacemaker was in this I got excited because I was like I know him like Will Ferrell and Elf I was like I know who that is um so John Cena's Peacemaker was described as a not so friendly Captain America we'll go with that um and that sounds awesome it's getting so much buzz in fact that HBO Max has now officially announced that they are doing a Peacemaker spinoff series with James Gunn actually attached to do it. Yes, yes, yes. A thousand times yes. So, if they're just doing a Peacemaker series, whatever. But the fact that the director, James Gunn, is attached to it makes me a lot more interested. I'm, I'm much more prefer that. Also, some people have been bagging on John Cena's acting ability for a while. Um... He's still relatively new to the acting game. If you guys remember, The Rock, when he first started acting, wasn't particularly great. He had some funny moments, but The Scorpion King is pretty awful. The rundown's not bad, but his performance is nothing spectacular. It was only over time that The Rock became the persona that he is, and then didn't really change that persona for any movie whatsoever. Um, and that might be the case for John Cena. He may have just takes some time for him to get to the role that he's acclimated in and right now it he's really accelerating excel uh, excelling in those side character comedic roles like um blockers or train wreck um so i have faith in this especially if james gunn's attached to it because john Cena, more than anything is wicked funny he's one of my favorite people to see in interviews because he clearly does not take himself too seriously and just will make anything funny he can poke fun at just about anything um, and also, with the hard R nature of the Suicide Squad that we know is coming, 
I would expect the same tone for the Peacemaker series. Now, to me, this also does not confirm, though, that Peacemaker is going to survive the Suicide Squad. Some people are going, oh, this just means he's surviving. I'm like, no, this could be a prequel, and they could still end up killing him because James Gunn has said, don't get too attached to the members of the Suicide Squad. I think the only one that's a safe bet in this movie is going to be Harley Quinn just because they're not killing off Harley Quinn. Um, but I think anybody's fair game. For all we know, this could be a prequel series like they do with the Gotham series on HBO Max. I'm very much intrigued by this series. I think it's going to be a really fun idea, especially with Cena at the helm. Um, he's been in some TV stuff here and there, but again, with HBO, that's kind of like a midway point between TV and movies because there's the budget of movies with, I think, a little bit more quality. Like, HBO has premium TV content, so I think this should be great. Um, I'm really, really excited. I think that it has a lot of interesting potential more than anything else. Um, and that'll about cover it for news topics. I think our sponsor for this week will be, I was about to say Taco Bell, but I remember Josh had that for our sponsor last week. This week's episode is sponsored by Funko Pops because they have a new Nightwing one and I desperately, desperately need it. So, for our main discussion, like I said at the beginning of the episode, Josh is unavailable, but I was able to find somebody that knows a thing or two about the movie theater industry, and also, I would say, has fairly decent chemistry with myself. Welcome back to the podcast. Heather, Heather, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I kind of sprung this on her last second, but also... I think you're a really good person to have on this because you and I talk about the discussion we're going to have tonight almost on a regular basis because it affects not just me with the podcast and movie stuff, but also it affects you deeply. Right. Um, what's your connection to the movie theaters currently? Well, currently I do work at a movie theater. Um, it's a side job and things have been very, very different lately. Yeah. So, uh, I know, but tell people that are listening to the podcast kind of what it's like currently as opposed to what it was like before. Well, everyone knows we wear a mask and everyone who comes in must wear a mask. Um, my particular theater, I can't speak for all of them, but I'm pretty much sure they're the same, have been, it's been very, very slow. Um, we don't get that many guests uh even on the weekends, um, we've been showing movies, you know, older movies, because there's not really many new movies out. And, yeah, we're kind of just doing our thing, trying to advertise. And especially right now, we are sanitizing and cleaning more than ever. Um, I think it's super important. But, yeah, that's just a little bit about my theater. Um, so tonight's main discussion is we talked earlier in the episode um, in the news topics section that Black Widow, um, Heather's West Side Story that you've been so eagerly anticipating, uh, basically any Marvel mm, movie, that all got delayed. And now the next big movie that's coming out tentatively, if it doesn't get pushed back, is James Bond's No Time to Die in November. Um mm-hmm. That's not a good thing at all of, um, I don't, I think part of the reason that people, there's, I think a bunch of reasons why people aren't going to the theater right now. I think it's safety. People don't know if they feel comfortable in a the theater yet. 
Um, right. It's also, I think, awareness of, I don't know if enough people are aware that it's open, but I think another big thing is there's not movies people want to see. And movie people are so insistent of, well, people didn't go out to see Tenant. Um, well, it's because Tenant's not getting good reception. So far in your experience, um, is Tenant what people are seeing currently? But how, even with that, how's that doing? I wouldn't say many people are seeing it. I would say there there's a good amount, but not enough of what they would like the production or whatever they expected. Um, people are still seeing it at the very beginning when it first was when it first came out. My theater had I think seven or eight showings of it, and now there's only maybe two or three. And you know it's not been out very long. So, I don't know. It's not super popular. Um, so, something you and I have discussed at length is we liked when the theaters were first starting to come out of their, their hibernation, for lack of a better term. Um, mm-hmm. Since they didn't have new movies to show, they were showing old school movies. Um, is your theater still doing that? Um, and do you think you might be going back to that soon if we don't have anything new to come out? My theater is showing older movies, but I wouldn't say necessarily classic movies. Um, I think last weekend we had Secret Life of Pets. Um, I know they brought back Empire Strikes Back for the um, big anniversary, but there's not like, you know, oh, let's go see Ghostbusters, let's go see Back to the Future, anything that is going to really draw more people to come back. Um, here and there, you know, they'll have a couple movies, but it's not, there's not a good variety or enough that really draw people back in to come to the theater. So, um, without giving too much away, um, I would say your and I's preferred movie theater is not the one that you work at. Um, primarily just because I think you've spent too much time there and you're just like, I need to go somewhere else. Um, also... I just like going to a different theater. That theater in particular is the one at Universal, um, at CityWalk, and they're currently showing like old school mm-hmm. horror movies, like a new one each week for the Halloween season. I'm very, very curious if um, before the Halloween thing, they're showing old movies like Ghostbusters and Back to the Future, um, all the Harry Potter movies. I'm, I'll be curious if they go back to that or if they'll kind of go the route that your theater is going of like newer movies um if you had to venture a guess take your theater out of the equation but like a city walk or like a south chase or some other theaters by us um do you see them going back to the comebacks or do you see like the tenants and the unhinged just kind of lingering around for months on end Mm -hmm. honestly i really would hope that theaters would start thinking about and considering bringing back older movies um I think that they are going to do it. Um, again, you know, I don't know. I'm not, like, managing other theaters or anything. But I think they will. I think they're, in general, my theater and other theaters are probably just trying to come up with ways of how to do that. And, you know, if it's by, like, by theme, maybe horror films or more Halloween theme coming up. Or, you know, just how they're organizing things. That whole that's a whole topic in general, but um, yeah, I think they're trying, but I'm not really sure. 
So, uh, there's definitely some Halloween movies that are showing at City Walk that I'm want to see. I missed my chance to see The Thing, but also I'm like, eh, I like The Thing, but I don't really need to rush out. I'll see Halloween 2018 mm-hmm. just because I can see at least some Michael Myers movie in theaters this year. Um, but um, I just had a movie pop into my head, and I'm sure you'll agree, and I'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but once we get out of this Halloween stretch, are there any movies off the top of your head that you can think of that you're like, I might not have seen that in theaters, but I sure would like to get the chance to see that for like a comeback classic if it was up to you. Um, is there anything like at the top of your list for that? Um, I don't have specifics, but I was kind of thinking it over not too long ago with some of my coworkers and with you. I would say maybe original Pixar or um, things like that, like maybe Toy Story and um or disney classics like lion king like original or i as a child as a kid i really liked pocahontas things like that things like more our generation would would have maybe saw when they were younger but couldn't remember if they saw it in the theaters in that experience so things like that would be really cool um so you and i actually got the privilege of seeing empire strikes back with uh some friends of ours uh that was really cool although Mm -hmm. we said it then we'll say it now why they're showing empire strikes back this wasn't for the 40th anniversary this past weekend it was like maybe about a month ago and we're still going why were they showing empire strikes back and not like a new hope or return of the jedi or better yet like all three of them together um that's still top of my list of the original trilogy i want to see on the big screen someday um however it's the only movie that like makes me think like Thanksgiving nowadays, and maybe it's because it came out Thanksgiving-ish time last year, and we saw it in theaters. I wouldn't mind seeing yeah. it again because it was the best movie of last year. But if they brought Knives Out back to theaters, that's like a that's like top of my list, and I'm pr- I'm pretty sure that would be one for you too. Of like a I would gladly see oh. that again. Oh, definitely. That was probably our favorite movie of last year, and I would imagine many. Many people like that. Um, I know for a fact that it it just it gets so many different types of movie watchers to be intrigued, um, and it's just it's a fun it's a fun one that I think people would be excited to come back for. Uh, I've also said uh, before. Um, I think it was with my mom at one point. We said like I think the top the list of movies that should have come back by now if we were doing those like comeback classic movies is avengers endgame of like oh yes the ultimate like movie theater going experience the be all end all is avengers endgame four or five times in the theater is not enough for me if you told me that was coming back because i've seen the the cap lifts mjolnir scene millions and millions of times but it's not the same as seeing it on a big 75 foot screen of that that would be good um I know a lot of people are still hesitant about safety, but at least from the theaters that I've gone to and seeing and hearing from you, the stores of cleanliness, I feel safer in a movie theater than I do in like a grocery store because they can assign seats. I know that they're routinely Mm -hmm. cleaning specific areas. Um, What what is a typical cleaning process currently like in a theater? Yes, so our theater... I can only speak for mine. Um, I believe that they have to, it's like every other row is marked off and it's like six, like um, either six chairs away or something like that. 
but um, they do a really good job of spacing everyone out on the, you know, where you pick your seats and everything. So I know that everyone is, you know, six feet apart, even more than that. And, yeah, just to go along with that, we, um, so with the seating, but also with the cleaning process, we have a, the, like a fogger machine, and after every, every time um, people are in there, even if it's just one person, we go back and we clean really good and then use the fogger spray and then, like, disinfect all the seats so we know whoever's coming in, uh, is it's going to be, they're going to be safe. What, explain, what is this fogger machine? It's just like a, it, <laughs> it literally looks like a Ghostbusters backpack with disinfectant, um, Okay. In the backpack, but yeah, it's just like this spray, and we just like go and plug it in, and we spray it across the the theater. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so interesting thought process here. Um, it's a ultimate what if scenario, and I kind of I'll think about it, but I want to hear from you first. Um, something happens, and now you are completely in charge of all movie theater chains in the war mm-hmm. in america currently you don't get new releases until november or december at the earliest at the earliest um do you, what is your game plan for theaters currently do you think they're going to reclose for a little bit until you get new releases um the comeback classics what would your game plan be or what would be your best guess as to what movie theaters are going to currently do Well, from my, you know, from my experience, I personally think that theaters will be closing again. I don't want it to happen, but they're really not making as much money or even like probably half as much as they had been, even if it was way earlier this year or last year. Um, It's just, it's really hard to um, keep a theater running, you know, when you're not having the money coming in and we're um, specifically even with like my theater we're not selling as many tickets we're not selling as much at the concession stand it's very limited menu Um, I know like different shifts for our employees are cut or everything like that so I feel like just I don't know it's it's unfortunate but I feel like theaters in general might have to shut down again um do you, if weighing the pros and the cons, what do mm-hmm. you think would, I, see, I don't know the money side of it, and I don't know if you would either, but um, right. what would you say if there would be more money in? Just closing down for the time being and reopening later, or trying the comeback classics like a Back to the Future or a Black Panther or an Avengers Endgame? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you think would be more successful for the short term, at least? I would... I would hope that bringing back the classics would bring people in, but as we can see, we've, uh, my theater's been open a month, a little over a month, and it really hasn't. Um, I don't know how other theaters are doing in that way, but uh, I don't know. I feel like shutting down might help, but then again, just you know, the reopening process and the marketing, getting people back in again, it just, it might be a struggle, and it's it's such a hard thing to think about because 
the theaters, movies, going to the theater is such a neat experience, and I know a lot of people like doing that. Um, so when you guys are doing the comeback classics, like the mm-hmm. old movies uh, compared to now, did you guys have, considering the pandemic and everything else, when you were showing the old movies, what were the crowds like for that compared to like a Tenant or an Unhinged or a New Mutants currently? Um, we didn't really get that many. We haven't really got many crowds. I wouldn't even say a crowd for things like that. We've had a few movies that have, have had, oh, maybe 25, maybe max 30, but it's just a couple, 30 people, but it's just a couple movies here and there, and it's not consistent. Um, and it's really hard for us to, um, like understand why, why it's not working, why classic, bringing back certain classic movies isn't working. Um, You know, again, we've said this before, but like, people maybe just aren't feeling comfortable coming to the theater, or um, they don't know that we're open with advertising or anything like that. But yeah, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I think awareness and safety are the two big factors, um, and then quality is is definitely a lower third um, there. Um, if you guys don't feel safe in a theater, that's totally fine. We're not advocating that you go out to a theater at all if you don't feel safe. Right. Um, yeah, it's. I think it more so, just as much as the safety thing, I think it's an unawareness. I think people just don't know that theaters are open, because for a while they're towards the beginning and middle part of the pandemic when it first started to hit. I didn't know what was open. Like, we knew movie theaters were mm-hmm. definitively closed, but there's, like, some restaurants or businesses. I was just like, is this open? And I think there might still be that uncertainty for movie theaters, at least, because yeah. we've seen a lot of businesses that are, like, maybe halfway open. Well, now where we're at, that's going to change. We can debate the merits of that at a different time on a non-movie-related show, but... um yeah, I think it's an awareness thing, but I, and I come back to the tenant thing all the time of people want to see movies that they know are good or that they can get excited for, and tenant was supposed to be that, because I love me some Christopher Nolan, as you know, but um, mm-hmm. neither of us have seen it. I wanted to, but some of the reviews are really just scaring me away, and I'm just like, I'd yeah. rather not. Um, you've been in the theater. Let me... You have not seen it, but you have no. heard tenant not heard of tenant but you have literally heard heard, heard it literally heard it so what what's the tenant yes. issues going on there oh i don't know many people might know already but tenant is a very loud film it goes really really loud and the volume fluctuates like crazy we'd hear it when i'm working i can hear it down the hall even when the doors are closed um, on a side note with Tenet, um, I think that a lot of people would have come seeing a movie if Tenet was a more uplifting, more, you know, a positive message kind of movie or something that is humorous, funny. I don't know. I feel like Tenet's not anything like that. I could be wrong, but I feel like it's more, it seems more action-packed and that's nothing's wrong with that, but I feel like it. It's not what people need at this time. 
So what Heather is saying in the nicest terms is the world mm-hmm. needs more Bill and Ted and less Tenant. Bill and yes, positively. Bill and mm-hmm. Ted is the movie that 2020 needs and deserves more so than Tenant, which ironically, Bill and Ted Face the Music is the first new movie that we've seen in theaters, not Tenant, mm-hmm. even though Bill and Ted is really hard to find. And they're like really advertising that it is. You can watch it at home as well as in the theater, but you can watch it at home because they're trying to promote mm-hmm. safety. But also they're saying, if you would like to see in the theater, you have that option in like very limited theaters because of pre-existing contracts, which I think that can segue us perfectly into. Um, I've been saying forever, even since before the pandemic hit, that we are angling towards streaming and movie people watching movies at home. And I think the pandemic has sped up that process exponentially to the point of like movies like uh, Bill and Ted or Scoob. Um, because due to the pandemic have just been released on home video. And I think coming out of this, people will just get acclimated to watching movies at home because movie watching at home is becoming a better and better experience with like big screen TVs and surround sounds. Um, and I think this is just sped up the process because so many people are like clamoring for like a black widow to go to Disney plus. I'm going, the money is just not yeah. there. Like, um, there was initially reports that Mulan had made about $200 million on Disney+, Plus, which, not bad. However, that same source has now had to recant their statement and said that Mulan has made about 60 to $70 million on Disney+. Plus, and that is a colossal failure because that movie has over $300 million in its budget. And that's just the budget alone, not like marketing, which I'm sure had an extensive marketing campaign. Um coming out of this pandemic heather do you see more and more people becoming watch at home or streamers even when we get back to regular movie theaters i think yes i think um i know i've heard like people who have families it's just more convenient or um maybe it's just like this is i want i don't want to say new normal but People, like you said, like there's so many different ways you can get movies now. Um, people are just going to use that and just stay home. Um, I don't know. I feel like people won't want to make that choice. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I, I feel like it, it might be. I think it's a convenience. More, more so, people were getting it from home. You brought up the the cost thing. Like we have we have a couple friends that have big families, and it's expensive mm-hmm. for them to go out to the movies. Um, so I I get that. At the same time, watching Avengers Endgame or Inception right. or any big huge movie feels different on a big screen than watching it at home, and. I feel like we might lose that. I don't think it'll, it'll be fully gone. I've had this debate with right. my dad plenty of times of, um, I think movie theaters will go away, not completely, but will go the way of the drive-in of, unfortunately, watching movies at home will be the new norm. And I that makes me really, really sad. I don't think they'll ever mm-hmm. fully go away. Like, drive-ins have never fully gone away. In fact, they've found new life now in this pandemic more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Which, um, fun fact, after this, we need to look up some drive-in show times because Halloween, Halloween four and Halloween five are all showing in drive-ins this year. I'm going Oh. two out of the three of those sound good. Um, 
I think it might be a licensing thing. I got to look up who made four mm-hmm. and five because I'm like, did Universal make some? And then it's confusing. Um, but unfortunately, I see a lot of movies going to home video. Um, I'm glad that Mulan did not do well. One, I'm not hearing great things about it. But two, I always thought that business move was really sketchy to put Mulan on for 30 bucks when you're already paying um, money to be subscribed to Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Um, I didn't like that either, not at all. I'm trying to remember. Um, was the theater still... Were movie theaters still open when Trolls World Tour came out? I don't think so. Because to think we are on the brink... We're actually already in the middle of it. Of a civil war. A passive-aggressive civil war between the movie theaters and the movie studios. And... The quote unquote shot her around the world, ironically, is Trolls World Tour. That's going to be its mm-hmm. lasting legacy of. Um, I remember you and I talking about it when they made that decision. I'm going, oh, this movie that no one's going to remember in five years is going to be right. responsible for potentially cracking the door open on something massive, for better or for worse. Um, also, another thing that no one really talked about is the fact that movie studios can now buy movie theater chains, and that's a big red flag for me in the theatrical mm-hmm. business like That's crazy. your theater could theoretically the chain that you work for could theoretically be bought out by some company and be like well if you want to see that other studios movie you have to pay two or three bucks more but if you want to see our movie sure i mean that's the negative but i you know me i try and be an optimistic person it might not necessarily always be bad say disney bought amc they could show their current movies, but also they could show their come. They could keep their comeback classics with movies that they already own. Like you said, you'd want to watch Lion King or Toy Story or whatever else. That'd be a whole lot easier for Disney to do that if they own the theater. Um, I don't want it to be a turf war like the streaming wars currently are. Of like, if you want to watch Friends, you have to watch on HBO Max. The Mandalorians on Disney Plus. I don't want to be like, all right, this is a Marvel movie. Okay, um, I gotta go to an AMC for that movie or. Um, this is a DC movie. I got to go to a Regal for that. Like, I don't want it to get to that point, And I think that's, that's all like a worst case scenario, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. And I think that's going to further crack that divide. If that starts to happen, we've heard rumors of Amazon potentially buying, um, like an AMC because right, Amazon right. is getting, that. Amazon themselves is getting into the streaming wars with like their Lord of the Rings series, which actually just started, um, resumed filming on that so keep an eye out for that um i it's just odd of like movie studios and movie theaters want to get along except for universal who earlier this year basically gave the bird to everybody else going screw you guys we're in it for money um with the trolls world tour thing um but i think movie studios don't realize or maybe they do and that's why they're trying their best here movie studios don't really understand how much they need theaters um and now more than anything i would like it i know studios are struggling but i would love it if the studios came along and helped try to bail out the theaters because if they keep delaying stuff they might not have a theater go back to i I agree with that um so if you were just some spitballing ideas. If you had to get people back into your theater currently, what were what would be some new incentives or ideas that you would pitch? Um, 
I mean, I would probably throw in, like, maybe you can get half price on popcorn or half price on soda. Um, that would work. Or maybe if you would come in, you would get a free movie ticket you can use for the next time. Or, you know, you can tell bring a ticket and you have to buy one and then get one for like a friend or a family member and like oh okay Ooh, there you go that's like, a good okay, idea buy, basically buy one get one a buy one um, get one is just, a good idea i like that yeah just to get more people coming in more people again with families or you know people that normally maybe during this time or whatever wouldn't feel comfortable going alone but okay if i have my you know, I have my friend or my family member, then that might help them feel more safe or whatever it may be. So, um, I haven't fully thought this idea through, so it might not be the most practical. Um, but do you remember the day the AMC theaters reopened? They're just like, um, we're celebrating 100 years of AMC, so for one day yeah. only, all of our movies are going to be five cents, just like how they originally were when we first opened. Um, mm-hmm. So, going back that's like a fun history lesson for movie theaters going back to another fun history lesson i think would be back in the day of the great depression if you bought a movie ticket you could stay all day and just leave your troubles at the door and just watch a movie all day because movies back then were different they would show like um newsreels at the beginning for their preview so you can kind of get caught up on world events before you watch your movie i wouldn't mind a day pass to a movie buy your ticket Stay all day. You'd have to keep track. Like, I don't know feasibly how a movie theater would keep track of that. But if you're there all day, guess what you're going to do? Spend more money on snacks and concessions. Right. Um, right. She'll be there a while. <laughs> also, I know you and I have talked about this plenty of times of my light bulb idea of I seriously need to sell this to somebody because how have they not used this before? Of at the exit of the movie theater. Have some merchandise for the movie that just showed. Like, say say someone's coming out of Tenant or Avengers or Shazam or Mulan, and they want to buy some merchandise, like a shirt or a hat or a keychain. You don't need a ton of stuff, but maybe maybe work with the studio. Be like, can we sell some merchandise? That way you can be more, you can have more of a presence for your movie. We can have some Mm -hmm. more merchandise besides just snacks and refreshments and arcade games that no one ever plays and actually have just like little booths that could be swapped out with different stuff like i know yeah, for select I movies that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. i know for select movies you have like the popcorn tubs that like are commemorative for specific movies right like mm-hmm. the movie studios already make merchandise for movies like avengers shirts or spider-man hats or socks or whatever else just take three or four of those items and make like a little mini gift shop at a movie theater that could be just another way to add revenue um maybe it'll make some people mad but just take out movie theater arcades and replace them with a like a gift shop because mm-hmm. oh have be, actually working there does anybody ever play those arcade games that are at movie theaters not too often there's some like sometimes sometimes kids with you know, their parents or whatever, but not too often. That's fair. Um, and uh, the other idea that you and I have talked about is, um, I don't know feasibly how this would work because I know when movies are shown, they're like 
they're digitally they're like in the computer and they're already like preset or everything um but is there a way to like hook up like an xbox or a playstation Mm -hmm. or like a ps4 and rent that out to people be like okay you can rent out theater seven for like three or four hours and just play fall guys or halo with your friends for a couple hours if that was an option for like 200 or 300 bucks i'd just gather up some people and i'll play in the theater i think that would be a really fun creative idea um I don't know feasibly how that would work, but I, that's an idea that movie theaters could potentially. I'm not sure either, but I think that would go well. Um, either that or have a menu for your comeback classics. Don't have specific ones of like Black Panther showing at 3:55. Here's like 20 movies that we are allowed to show. You can pick two or three for a marathon for you and your friends. That mm-hmm. I think would be easy enough. That way, the theaters can control what movies they're showing. Maybe ones that they've been given license to for a specific cost that still makes them money, but still event incentivizes people to come and see it. Because um, after a while, those comeback classics, as great as they were, there was only a handful of them. Like CityWalk did a better job of swapping swapping them out, but some other theaters really didn't. Um, but if there's like a specific menu, like you're at a restaurant and you could pick what you wanted, maybe be like, for this price, you can have um, up to twenty people. And you have the theater for the afternoon, and you make your marathon, like make your schedule, like you're doing some form of an event. Do you think that could potentially work? I think so. I think because people like to choose and people like to have the choice um, for anything, um, I think that would be a great idea. Is there any other ideas that you would kind of bring to the forefront if you were trying to get people back into the theaters? Mm Mm-hmm. I know, I think we talked about this before, but if, you know, let's say Stranger Things, or there's two opposite ends, Stranger Things fans, or people who like, well, I like This Is Us, if there's some random show that you, you know, would like to get caught up on before the next season, maybe they would just have show a season or um, whatever, and you could come back like, oh, okay, you could watch this watch a couple episodes and then come back. Okay, we'll finish the season and then just get ready for whatever is to come whenever it's going to be ready. Um, I think that's something, you know, I know we've been we've been home, we have been binging a lot of TV and things like that, but when you show something that some something that's familiar on a big screen in a more of a show type of way i feel like that could bring people back you say that um yes stranger things would be really cool to see on the big screen but my mind maybe because that's just where my brain's been at but if you do a karate kid marathon you show the first Mm -hmm. movie and then both seasons of cobra kai leading up to season three i would definitely be there because i highly doubt karate kid 2 is going to be brought back up maybe karate kid 3 i still think there might be a chance that we might see um, the evil people from Karate Kid 3 show up in Cobra Kai at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a Cobra Kai event, or like you said, a Stranger Things event, or uh, The Witcher, I know that would probably look great on the big screen. Um, mm-hmm. Stuff like that. I think that would be a really good idea to get people back in the theater. That's a really great idea. Um, any others before we bring this home? Um, not that I can think of right now. Yeah, me neither. Um, so, yeah, the state of the theaters are really up in the air. I'm really nervous about the future of it. 
Um, we both are kind of in agreement that it sounds more than likely that the theaters will probably be closing and then reopening once there's new movies to show. But if movie theaters keep delaying their releases, they might not have a theater to go back to just because theaters, again, are going to have to be without revenue for a while. Um, what what do you guys think? What are some ideas that you would have to try and protect the theaters going forward, get people back into the theater once they feel safe? Or are you more of a stay-at-home-and-stream type of person? We still value you, I guess. But um, what... If you are a stay-at-home person from when it comes to movies, what would get you to go see a movie in the theaters? Let us know in the comments below. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on. Whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media. We've got some big stuff coming up. Uh, we've got Pitch Off dropping this Wednesday. I'm super, super excited for that. Um, I'm totally going to beat Josh on this because... I pulled out all the stops. I don't want to give away too much, but I pulled out all the stops. But as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.